Officials have not said anything about whether a group was behind this, or at least there's no evidence that they presented that a group was behind this. The, mayor, the, the governor initially said there was no link to international terrorism. Today he's been a bit more circumspect. He said it's possible there are foreign links, but he's been um, quite careful about that, uh, as have other officials. Uh, and just finally, I mean, I imagine the security in New York is pretty tight anyway this week, uh, with the UN General Assembly taking place. Yes, I mean, at this time of year, Manhattan is pretty much locked down in certain parts, especially around the UN, but uh, there have been a thousand extra security forces added to that, state troopers and a National Guard and, and extra police, and they're pretty much positioned around certain tourist sites, around underground stations and bus stations, so transport places, um, and, uh, you know, very visible in those locations, but if you're walking around in the rest of Manhattan away from the UN, you don't necessarily feel... Uh, that there is a heavy security presence, but certainly the New York um, police uh, and other security forces do have a very close eye and, and tight hold on the city. Barbara, many thanks. The BBC's Barbara Plett-Usher in uh, what sounds like a very rainy uh, New York. Um, it is in Minnesota that our another of our correspondents, Ali McBull, uh, begins his journey this week. He's travelling across the northern United States by train, and it's a journey to discover what people are thinking and worrying about ahead of November's presidential election. Well, America's relationship with its Muslim communities has already been a big issue in this campaign, and the threat that some people feel that Muslim Americans pose. But how are they feeling ahead of the vote? Well, tens of thousands of Somali Muslims live in Minnesota, most either refugees fleeing conflict or the children of them. It was a terrifying night at a St. Cloud mall after a man with a knife started attacking shoppers. This weekend, one Somali man here went on a stabbing spree, injuring several people before he himself was shot dead. The question has once again been raised in America. How do you stop such attacks perpetrated by Muslims on what appear to be ideological grounds? How do you stop anything? How do you stop rapists? How do you stop murderers? But for national programs to target a community because they don't know how to stop something and they think, you know what, let's put this blanket over, over the whole community to stop a few then that means you're criminalizing all of us. Borhan Mohammed is one of those young Somalis who feels the surveillance, the media finger-pointing and the political anti-Muslim rhetoric is having a dramatic adverse impact. What's happening right now with the approach that they have to the Muslim community in America is to absolutely make you feel as un-American as possible because you're promoting fear. Doesn't it also uh, do the job of ISIS? Because ISIS is saying that you're not Americans. They don't want you here. And everywhere we went, including a cafe where young American Somalis get together to watch the English football teams they support, they agreed they felt under intense scrutiny for being Muslims in the U.S. It feels, I mean, like, you know, that is a kind of like a discrimination. The problem is that there's this otherness that's been attributed to um, Somali and as a result, like, we can... Uh, kind of deal with them as a threat as opposed to people who are part of the community. But over the years, a small number have gone to join jihadi groups like Al-Shabaab. This summer, nine young Somali men were imprisoned for planning to join ISIS in Syria. The same department that prosecuted those men is also giving out money to community groups to try to prevent radicalization. But some here say that money is not welcome like Burhan Mohammed. Of course I want the funding, of course I want the resources, but if it's being presented to us through a, uh, a counter-terrorism, 
lens, then then you're definitely telling me that I'm an issue. Sasido Shai is accepting government funds to help educate and mentor. She says the counter-terrorism tag does bother her, but says the money's badly needed for some young people. They're in the ocean and none of them know how to swim. I believe that these kids are looking for an opportunities. They're looking for to belong somewhere. They may argue about whether to take state funds, but most do agree that with all the angry rhetoric in recent months, American Muslims are under pressure in the U.S. like never before. You know, I have never felt threatened for the 23 years that I have been to the U.S., ever, until this election. And that, she also feels, could be counterproductive and potentially alienating more young American Muslims. I got three of you guys. Fargo, you'll be in the 12th grade.